Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. Today I had the pleasure of talking with Kurt Bloom, the play-by-play voice of the Birmingham Barons. As you may have been seeing, the season down in Birmingham has been kind of a roller coaster, and uh, things seem to have taken a recent uptick. Uh, Kurt took some time out of his day to tell me about all of the goings-on in Birmingham and uh, what we can expect coming in the future. All right, well, welcome to White Sox Daily. My name is Ian Eskridge. I am lucky enough to be joined by the radio voice of the Birmingham Barons, Kurt Bloom. Hey, Kurt, how you doing? Good to see you. Great, and it's good to see you too. Thank you, as always, for thinking of me as a guest. I'm humbled. I always appreciate your uh, your insight on uh, on everything going on down there, and you know, it's I watch a lot of, uh, you know, every game and, uh, you know, this, this season, it's a, like a tale of two different teams. Um, you know, we, we caught up, uh, basically like about a week into the season and, uh, we're a little over halfway now. Um, the first half was a little bit of a struggle. Um, what, what did you see from the offense in the first half of the season well the first half was more than a little bit of a struggle it was a a lot of struggle in in every aspect and you know in baseball are grindy and we play every day so it's kind of hard to put the brakes on once things start spiraling um undoubtedly there are two names that we expected to be major contributors that didn't get an at bat at least until the end of may Uh, One was Brian Ramos, and the other one is Colson Montgomery, who still hasn't had a Birmingham at bat. So you plug those two guys in, I I think offensively, we're not going to be the Southern League first-half champs, but we're going to be better. Um, And it's hard to replace two, not only two starters, but, you know, again, go to your pipeline. You're talking about one and three in pipeline. Um, we didn't get one at bat out of any of them until Ramos joined us in, uh, in late May. And I think that, 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 that's excuse number one, but a pretty, but a pretty good one. Um, and I know you're going to ask me, we're going to get into the baseballs later on, but, um, I just talked to Nikki Delmonico yesterday and the baseballs had a big difference, big effect. Um, it, it really, I, I hope that the next time MLB decides to make an experiment that uh, experiment that they use another league, but the Southern league. Because <laughs> it didn't work with us, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, and, and the thing was, is like I've been trying to, you know, put some sort of a- any kind of marker on an effect from the baseball, and uh, it, I can't tell. You know, the things that I thought were going to happen was that our offense would probably struggle because there was going to be more movement from the baseball. And I thought the pitching would be better. And the, the pitching started off fairly decent, but it seemed like it kind of tailed off. And I don't know whether, you know, it's a, a dead arm period for some guys just because, you know, they're getting more innings and whatever. Um, but it just seemed like both sides of the of the ball kind of struggled to find um, some sort of traction with, with that baseball. Mickey Delmonico described to me yesterday the best there's a short conversation and i said the ball the new ball we're with it because you know the barons now have averaged 
11 runs in the last five games, averaged. And he said, here's the bottom line. He goes, the pitchers now are able to command in a smaller zone. So you go to the negative is what you were talking about. Maybe they had more spin rate, but they have no idea of where the ball is going. They could not control it as much. So if you can't control it, then the batters are thinking, well, I better swing because it's not going to ever wind up in my hot zone. And now, at least for the last five games, uh, we went back to the, the muddied up ball, the regular ball that we're used to on July 14th. Uh, there's instant results. Um, and it's the same guys. We didn't, we didn't add anybody. Colson Montgomery's not here. Ramos has already been here. Miesis has been here. Xavier Fernandez has gone crazy. Um, so there's, there's, Ian, there's got to be a correlation. Um, I can't tell you that it's 100%, but certainly it, it's in the conversation. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah, I, it seemed to me that uh, the batters had started to make an adjustment uh, because the if you look at the numbers from April and May, it was basically all, all the hitters on the team basically struggled a little bit um, trying to put together uh, decent streaks of games. You know, they would have performances here and there, but, you know, trying to uh, maintain some consistency when you don't know what's coming uh, is probably, probably difficult, I would imagine. It is. You know, one thing I, I tried to talk to uh, with some of our players about, and, and I think you obviously will be able to relate to, if, if tomorrow we changed your microphone or we changed your earpiece, you'd notice a difference and we'd ask you to adjust. And that was as close as a, a comparison that I can get is we asked pitchers and batters, all right, uh, for 69, well, it was actually about 70 some odd games, we're going to change your your tool, your number one tool, your baseball. So I, I tried not to think of it that uh, as, as, as a, an excuse, but it's hard not to. There's a, there's a correlation between the two. Now, at the end of the day, I think it needs to be said that offensively, the Barons were not rolling out Ramos um, and Montgomery and a really slow start for Miasis. We've had zero input from another guy that they thought would would be a table setter and that's duke ellis um he has had uh, two separate leg injuries and i think he's had 10 at bats all year long and 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 so you're talking about a core part of the lineup uh, that that has been affected pitching wise we didn't exactly run out cease and kopech most recently davis martin um you know, what we've been running out is guys that are grinders, guys that do not throw hard. Um, and and the, the hope is to get five innings, six innings. Um, you know, when you had a guy like Cease, even earlier this year, we had Seleski, um, who's in AAA. And you just had that feeling, Ian, you're going to get six, seven innings, and you're going to be competitive. And we went through the rotation uh, many times, you know, trying to find the grip. We did not have first and second round guys, but guys that, you know, grinded their way through and, and worked and struggled and, and labored to get through one batter, one inning, two innings. And we were lucky if we got to five. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
the uh, w- with Christian Mena and Matthew Thompson, um, obviously with the baseball and the fact that they're throwing curveballs fairly often, mm-hmm. um, the fact that the command with those, with that particular pitch in general and uh, that both of them have moments where they struggle commanding their fastball. Um, it's it, to me, it wasn't really a surprise that they were kind of having a little bit of a tough run with it. And, you know, I would like to think that, you know, in the second half with the new ball that uh, with the, with the regular mud ball, that everything should be fine. Um, and, you know, as, as we've seen the, you know, at least the, uh, the offensive side of things has started to uh, clear up a little bit. Um, you know, Luis Miesis is, you know, his, his slug is down over the last, uh, last, I don't know, in, in July uh, compared to June. Cause he went on a real heater, but uh, it seems like most of the key cogs of the offense are starting to, uh, turn in some some decent numbers and with Xavier Fernandez hitting 526 in July um that certainly helps things as well the comfort zone confidence you know X is a is a, a wonderful character by himself Xavier Fernandez and here's a guy born in Puerto Rico so basically English is his second language but he's been in in the states for a long time so he speaks wonderful English but he did the post game show two days ago and he said I know that people talk about baseball being 80 85 percent mental he goes no it's 95 percent mental and so with with a hitter one bat at bat leads to the second bat at bat one 0 for four leads to another 0 for four and you got to tell your mind change your mindset and go hey that was yesterday and the guys that conquer it, you know, there's enough guys in the league um, that are hitting 290, 300. Those are the ones that said, look, I had an 0 for 4 yesterday, but I'm coming back tomorrow and I'll get three knocks. Instead of I had an 0 for 4, first pitch comes on the sec- on the next night, It's a, it, you, you take a strike because you're guessing, you're like, uh, here we go again. And then the mind game takes place, Okay. So, uh, you know, so much of it is mental. Um, and uh, I've always believed that. And I thought that was a very interesting and intriguing and uh, a wonderful answer from uh, Xavier Fernandez. Yeah, well, wherever his mind is at right now, he should keep it there. Because guys going bonkers, 1,500 OPS in the last, yeah, uh, I, I think it was 11 the games. OPS, which is, uh, it just is, uh, it is beyond video games. I was mentioning last night, um, you look at elite OPS and this is whatever level is above elite. Now this is a small sample size. We're looking at two weeks, but I I did this and I'm extending the answer and wasting some time here, but I did a little research. Babe Ruth holds the all time record for OPS in a career, which is about 1100. And in this small sample size, two weeks worth, uh, X is at 15, you know, 1.5. So it, it, it just gives you it, 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 this, this astronomical, everything he's been doing uh, in two weeks has just been a home run, a home run, a home run, three more hits, an RBI base hit, a double, uh, draws a walk, 
And it's all mental. He, he said it again. It's mental. He hasn't done anything physically. Nothing different at all. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, to to quote uh, James Fegan, who was the uh, writer for The mm-hmm. Athletic, you know, he said uh, in spring training, said there's nobody that hits the ball harder than Xavier Fernandez. He said every time he would hear that sound coming from a bat, he'd look over and it would be it would be Fernandez hitting the ball. And that's one thing that the guy has always done is hit the ball really hard. So it's it's nice to see him have like some really really nice success and interested to see what happens with that um, yeah we all are we all, we all are wondering if if he's maybe swung his last few uh bats in birmingham you know charlotte's got uh they got a catcher they love up there and scowg evan scowg and they have uh carlos perez who's absolutely a big leaguer in all of our minds too so there might not be that space unless he, he plays a little bit more first base, you got a DH in there, but uh, it's a pleasant, ple- a pleasant uh, thing to have. And perhaps in two weeks, as I look at my watch, nine days, some of this will start to uh, materialize and we'll have a better idea of who's going to actually wind up where. Yeah. I kind of think, uh, I mean, if you, if you have, I'm sure you've been paying at least a little bit of attention. Uh, Colson Montgomery has been, yeah, crushing it in Winston-Salem and um, I don't think he's long for that place as well I'm actually surprised he's still there um, so I would imagine uh, you'll probably get him shortly and you, you guys have also gotten uh, a little infusion of uh, talent from Winston-Salem in the form of uh, Terrell Tatum a uh, little OBP machine and uh he keeps on doing exactly what he was doing in Winston-Salem. He's got uh, almost as many hits as, or almost as many walks as he's got hits. And, uh, you know, he is an annoyance on the base paths and, you know, he's been putting some good wood on the ball. And, uh, you know, last night he had that uh, RBI triple and, uh, you know, he's got some pop in that bat. Uh, What have you seen from, uh, from him up there? See an athletic guy. I see a guy who loves to play the game. There is no doubt about it. He is uh, one of those guys that just enjoys coming out to the ballpark, talking the game. Um, He's on the quiet side, which don't take that the wrong way, but inside the clubhouse and inside his teammates, um, Terrell is very, very popular. But I think what I see is a guy who's very focused as well. Um, I, I, I take that the fact that he, um, is not the life of the party, but he's focused on trying to get to the big leagues. And, and I have no problem with that at all. I mean, he came from a really, really good NC State club, the one that went to the World Series. Um, you know, you like to get winners. You like to get guys who are part of that program. And, um, and, and he was. Um, and it's interesting because all that he's doing right now is what Duke Ellis was supposed to do April, May, and June. And so, you know, um, Terrell didn't get promoted until late June because they were hoping that Duke would be in there. So, again, that, that's part of the issue of why the Barons aren't numerically and standings-wise as successful. So what I'm saying is, Ian, if Terrell had been here day one, game one, you know, by now he'd also have three months of double A under his head back, uh, under his belt. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, you know, one, man, one man's uh, injury is another man's opportunity. 
That's a good one way to look at it. Yeah, I think if my timeline's correct, I think uh, Duke Ellis came back and he pinch ran once and uh, maybe maybe made one start and then uh, and then he kind of dropped off the radar again. Then Terrell showed up. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that but that, that spot, corresponds. But that spot was held for for Duke for a while, including including the leadoff spot because we really don't have one. Um, but that was his. Even if he didn't bat 300, his defense and his speed and his ability to to change the game, that it was it was kind of like the White Sox and the Barons were like, All right, that that's Dukes. And then by late June, there was no Duke Ellis. You yeah. know, and, and I believe he's out. I, I, he's in Arizona right now, trying to rehab. And um, what, what is going to be a lost year? Obviously, it's it's late right now, um, but. That said, Terrell stepped in when he got promoted. Um, and again, I think you put it the best that he is an on-base machine. Um, a good game for him is a walk in three, or, or a, a, a hit in three walks and yeah. a couple stolen bases. You know, that, that's great. It's fine, especially at the top of the line. Yeah, yeah you'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, also making their way up from Winston-Salem, uh, you have a, a trio of pitchers. You have uh, Tristan Stivers, Addison Coffey, and Jared Kelly. Um, so you've only seen minimum amount of, uh, Jared Kelly. Cause he was in and out fairly quickly hit 30 pitches the other night. Um, I would like to think uh, with the performances that he's had recently in Winston-Salem, that that's like kind of an outlier as far as the, uh, ball to strike ratio. But, um, uh, what have you, what have, uh, you heard about those guys, um, from staff down there? Well, the first two guys you mentioned, Styrus and Coffee. I mean, if you had a radar the size the size of uh, the state of Illinois, you wouldn't have found them. <laughs> I mean, they have come absolutely out of nowhere in my book. Um, and you know, there's, there's I hate to use that word adjustment, but that they're going to have to adjust. You know, Styrus pitched well last night, mm-hmm. um, but you got to understand, Ian. I've been in this league for a long time, and the first time around for these guys that come up. They're nervous, and they're nervous because they realize they've made it to a level where one phone call later they could be in the big leagues. Mm. Um, with Jared Kelly, I think I think we're watching the transition from starter to relief pitcher, um, and and that's going to be tough for him too. I, I think he's been a starter all his life. We have to remember he was a high draft pick who signed for a lot of money, a lot of expectations, and just has not put it together yet. Um, maybe the bullpen eventually uh, will be his role. Um, and, and right now, he's uh, the expectations is he's going to piggyback left-hander Tommy Summer. So whenever mm-hmm. Summer pitches, Kelly will come in after him. And that's what happened uh, two nights ago. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, you'll, that Tristan Stivers curveball, it, it blows me away every time I see him. <laughs> so uh, I'm really interested to see how, uh, how, every, you know, both those guys fare. And the fact that I would have liked to have seen his curveball with that, uh, that yeah, with, with super tack ball, yeah. just, just to see how ridiculous it could get because that thing just uh, drops off the table and it's a sight to behold. Um, so, that's uh about what uh you know I, I let you go uh i appreciate your time uh it's great conversation as always and um i guess we'll, we'll catch up at the end of the season if that's good with you 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I always say this uh, because I mean it, uh, the information that is supplied by you and your webcast and your podcast is just, just absolute gold. Um, it's, it's a big help um, in my broadcast in terms of getting a little bit more information. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a wonderful uh, information highway that we have. And, and uh, from my end of it, um, we're always open 24 <laughs> seven. Well, I appreciate it so much. Uh, thanks for the kind words. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to catch up after the season. Uh, have Looking a, forward to it. Yeah. Ho- hope, uh, hope things are on the up and up in uh, Birmingham and uh, that we could see some winning baseball here in the second half. Five game winning streak. You're as good as your last stretch and you're good as your last game. Hey, I'm, I'm the happiest man in the city of Birmingham right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kurt. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Great stuff from Kurt, and we always appreciate when he comes on. Uh, it's always nice to hear the insight that he has, and um, you can find him at KurtBloom4 on Twitter and at his website, KurtBloom.com. Thank you so much, and enjoy your day. Thanks.